Hello? 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 Yes, this is MCO. Hello? This is MCO. Hello? 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 This is another MCO and transmission. This is the Vimalakirti Nirdesha Sutra, the advice of the layman Vimalakirti, translated from the Chinese version of Kumara Jiva by M. C. Owens. Chapter 1 Buddha Lands. Thus have I heard. Once the Buddha was in the Amra Gardens in the city of Vaishali accompanied by a great assembly of leading monks, numbering 8,000. There were also 32,000 bodhisattvas, all known to the assembly, persons who had carried out all the basic practices of great wisdom. Sustained by the might and supernatural power of the Buddhas, they accepted and upheld the correct Dharma in order to guard the citadel of the Dharma. They knew how to roar the lion's roar, and their names were heard throughout the ten directions. Without waiting to be asked, they befriended others and brought them comfort. They ensured the continuance and prosperity of the three treasures, making certain that these never expired. They conquered and subdued the ill will of Mara and corrected erroneous ways, being already totally purified, having long ago rid themselves of bondage. Their minds constantly resided in a state of unhindered liberation. Their mindfulness, meditation, retention, and eloquence were unbroken. Their generosity, discipline, patience, determination, dhyana, wisdom, and the power of upaya, none were not complete. Coming to the patient tolerance that there is nothing to be attained and that nothing arises, they were able to respond compliantly to others and to turn the non-regressing wheel of the Dharma. Well comprehending the characteristics of all things, they understood the capacities of living beings. Towering over the others in the great assembly, by cultivating their minds they were without fear of anything, meritorious and wise. Their bodies were adorned with auspicious characteristics, their form and images foremost, having let go of all worldly embellishments. Their fame and renown were as high and broad as Mount Sumeru. Their profound faith was as firm as Vajra. The jewels of their dharma shone everywhere, raining down the sweet dew. Among the assembly, the sound of their words was the most subtle and wonderful of all. They had plumbed the depths of dependent origination and cut off all erroneous views. No longer entertaining the concepts of either being or non-being, they explained the all-encompassing Dharma fearlessly as roaring lions, their explaining rolling forth like thunder, without measure, beyond measurement. In gathering Dharma jewels, they were like practiced pilots at sea, having all the profound and subtle meanings of the Dharma. They were excellent in perceiving the past and future existences of living beings and the habits of their minds. They came close to equaling the sovereign wisdom of the Buddha, the ten powers and four fearlessnesses, and the eighteen unique Dharmas. 
Though they had firmly closed the gate to all manner of evil existences, yet they allowed themselves to be born in the five lower realms, manifesting themselves there so that they might act as great physician kings, adroitly healing the ills of others, giving whatever medicines suited the ailment, and ensuring that the patient takes it as prescribed. Immeasurable merit, all they had acquired. Immeasurable Buddha lands, all they had made marvelously pure. No one saw or listened to them without profiting thereby, and no action of theirs was ever performed in vain. Such was the manner in which all merit adhered to them. Their names were Observing Equality Bodhisattva, Observing Inequality Bodhisattva, Observing Equality and Inequality Bodhisattva, Meditation Sovereign King Bodhisattva, Dharma Sovereign Bodhisattva, Dharma Sign Bodhisattva, Luminous Sign Bodhisattva, Luminous Array Bodhisattva, Great Array Bodhisattva, Array of Jewels Bodhisattva, Accumulation of Eloquence Bodhisattva, Jeweled Hand Bodhisattva, Jeweled Mudra Hand Bodhisattva, Constantly Raised Hand Bodhisattva, Constantly Extended Hand Bodhisattva, Constantly Consoling Bodhisattva, Joyful Capacity Bodhisattva, Joy King Bodhisattva, Eloquent Sound Bodhisattva, Storehouse of the Sky Bodhisattva, Holder of the Jeweled Torch Bodhisattva, Jeweled Valor Bodhisattva, Jeweled View Bodhisattva, Indra's Net Bodhisattva, Bright Net Bodhisattva, Unconditioned View Bodhisattva, Wisdom Accumulation Bodhisattva, Jeweled Supremacy Bodhisattva, Heavenly King Bodhisattva, Mara Defeating Bodhisattva, Lightning Virtue Bodhisattva, Sovereign King Bodhisattva, Adorned by Forms of Merit Bodhisattva, Lion's Roar Bodhisattva, Thunder Sound Bodhisattva, Mountain of Characteristic Smiting Sound Bodhisattva, Fragrant Elephant Bodhisattva, White Fragrant Elephant Bodhisattva, Constant Exertion Bodhisattva, Never Resting Bodhisattva, Wonderful Birth Bodhisattva, Flower Adornment Bodhisattva, Avilokiteshvara, Perceiver of the World's Sounds Bodhisattva, Mahastama Prapta, Gainer of Great Authority Bodhisattva, Brahma's Net Bodhisattva, Jeweled Staff Bodhisattva, Unsurpassed Bodhisattva, Adorned Land Bodhisattva, Golden Locks Bodhisattva, Gem Locks Bodhisattva, Maitreya Bodhisattva, and Manjushri, Dharma Prince Bodhisattva. There were 32,000 Bodhisattvas such as these. There were also 10,000 Brahma kings, Shikin and others, who had come from the other four continent worlds to visit the place where the Buddha was and listen to the Dharma. There were also 12,000 Indras who had come from the other four continent worlds to take a seat in the gathering. In addition, there were other heavenly beings of great authority and power, as well as Nagas, 
spirits, yakshas, gandharavas, asuras, garudas, kimnaras, mahuragas, and others, all who came and took a seat in the assembly. Also arriving to take the seats in the assembly were various monks, nuns, laymen, and laywomen. At that time, the Buddha, reverently surrounded by this multitude of countless hundreds and thousands of beings, explained the Dharma for them. He was like Mount Sumeru, king of mountains, rising up out of the great sea, resting at ease on his lion-throned seat clustered with jewels, he shed his radiance over all the great throng gathered there. At that time, the son of a wealthy elder of the city of Vaishali, named Ratnakuta, jeweled accumulation, along with five hundred other sons of wealthy elders, came to the place where the Buddha was, all of them bearing parasols adorned with the seven treasures, and bowed their heads in obeisance before the feet of the Buddha, each offering their parasols to the Buddha. The Buddha, with his supernatural powers, then caused all the jeweled parasols to come together and form one single parasol that spread over the entire three thousand great thousand world system, with all the vast features of those worlds manifest within it, all the Sumeru mountains of the three thousand great thousand world system, the snow mountains, Muchalinda mountains, Maha Muchalinda mountains, fragrant mountains, jeweled mountains, gold mountains, black mountains, iron encircling mountains, great iron encircling mountains, the huge seas, the rivers and watercourses, brooks and streams, fountain and springs, as well as the suns, moons, stars, constellations, heavenly palaces, naga palaces, and the palaces of venerable spirits. All these were seen within the jeweled parasol. Also, the Buddhas of the Ten Directions, the Buddhas as they explained the Dharma, these too were visible within the jeweled parasol. At that time, all the members of the great assembly, witnessing this manifestation of the Buddha's supernatural powers, sighed in admiration at what they had never seen before. Pressing their palms together, they made obeisance to the Buddha, gazing up in reverence at the face of the world-honored one and never taking their eyes from it. Then the elder son, Ratnakuta, in the presence of the Buddha, recited these verses of praise. Eyes pure and broad like blue lotuses, mind pure, free in all dhyana meditations. Long have you accumulated pure karma and immeasurable fame, guiding beings with quietude. Therefore we bow our heads. We have seen the great sage work miraculous transformations, showing us immeasurable lands in the ten directions, and Buddhas explaining the Dharma therein. Every one of these we have seen and heard. The power of the Dharma King's Dharma surpasses all other beings, constantly bestowing Dharma riches on them all. Skillfully he distinguishes the characteristics of all things, never faltering in his grasp of the one great truth, you have learned to treat all things with sovereignty, 
so we bow our heads to this Dharma King. You explain things as neither existing nor not existing, causes and conditions bringing about their birth. No I, no doer, no recipient, yet good and bad karma never cease to function. Beneath the Buddha tree, you used your might to overpower Mara, gaining the sweet dew of nirvana, you won your way to enlightenment. Already free of thought, perception, and conditioning, you refuted all external ways. Three times you turned the wheel of the Dharma in the great thousand-world system, the wheel that from the first has always been pure. Heavenly and human beings gained the way. This was proof of it. The three treasures thereupon appeared in the world. This wonderful Dharma brought rescue to many beings. Embracing it, they never regress, but dwell in constant quietude. Great physician king, healer of old age, sickness, and death, we pay homage to the boundless virtues of your ocean of Dharma. Unmoved by acclamation or abuse, like Mount Sumeru, you have compassion in equal measure upon you have compassion in equal measure upon the virtuous and the non-virtuous, equanimous in mind and action like empty space, who, hearing this jewel of humankind, does not give respect. Now we offer these little parasols to the world-honored one, and in them is revealed to us the three thousand great thousand worlds, all the palaces of gods, nagas and spirits, Kimnaras, Yakshas, and all those other beings. Everything that exists in the world we see. The ten-powered one with compassion manifests these miraculous transformations. The assembly, seeing this rare sight, all praise the Buddha. Now I bow my head to the honored one of the three times. Great sage, Dharma king, refuge of the multitudes, observing the Buddha with purified mind, none do not rejoice. Each sees the world-honored one standing right before them. Such are the Buddha's spiritual powers, his unique qualities. The Buddha preaches the Dharma with a single voice. Sentient beings each understand it according to their kind. All believe the world-honored one speaks the same words to all, such are the spiritual powers, those unique qualities. The Buddha preaches the Dharma with a single voice, but each sentient being understands it their own way. All undertake the Buddha's practices and gain benefit thereby. Such are the spiritual powers, those unique qualities. The Buddha preaches the Dharma with a single voice, but to some it brings fear and to others delight and joy. Some are moved to leave the world, some are freed of doubt. Such are the spiritual powers, those unique qualities. We bow our heads before the great determination of the ten-powered one. We bow our heads before the one who has attained fearlessness. We bow our heads before the one who dwells in unique qualities. We bow our heads to the great guide of all. We bow our heads to the one able to cut off the bonds of the multitudes. 
we bow our heads to the one who has crossed over to the other shore. We bow our heads to the one capable of rescuing the world. We bow our heads to the one who has forever escaped the path of birth and death. You understand the characteristics of the coming and going of all beings. You have gained apt liberation from all things. Free of worldly attachments, like a lotus blossom, constantly you move within the realm of emptiness and quietude. You have mastered the characteristic of all things, without block or hindrance. We bow our heads to that which is like the sky, depending upon nothing. When the elder son Ratnakuta had finished reciting these verses, he addressed the Buddha, saying, World honored one, these five hundred sons of elders have all set their minds on Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi, supreme unsurpassable enlightenment. They wish to hear how one can purify Buddha lands. We beg the world honored one to explain the practices carried out by bodhisattvas in purifying the lands. The Buddha said, Excellent, Ratnakuta! For the sake of the bodhisattvas, you do right to ask the thus-come-one about the practices of purifying lands. Listen well, listen well, consider well. I will now explain to you. Ratnakuta and the other five hundred sons of elders then made ready to listen to the teachings addressed to them. The Buddha said, Ratnakuta, the various kinds of sentient beings are in themselves the Buddha lands of the bodhisattvas. How so? Because it is by transforming various sentient beings to discipline that bodhisattvas acquire Buddha lands. It is by persuading various sentient beings and overcoming their objections that bodhisattvas acquire Buddha lands. It is by inducing the various sentient beings to enter into the wisdom of the Buddha in such and such a land that they acquire their Buddha lands. It is by inducing the various sentient beings to develop the capacity for bodhisattva's practices in such and such a land that they acquire their Buddha lands. How so? Because the bodhisattva's acquisition of a pure land is wholly due to having brought benefit to living beings. Suppose someone proposes to build a mansion on a plot of open land. They may do so as they wish, without any hindrance. But if one tries to build in the emptiness of the sky, they will never be successful. It is the same with bodhisattvas. It is because they wish to help others to achieve success that they take their vow to acquire Buddha lands. Their vow to acquire Buddha lands is not founded on nothing. Ratnakuta, you should know. An upright mind is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings free of flattery will be born in their country. A profound mind is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings complete with merit will be born in their country. An awakened mind is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, Beings of the Mahayana, the great vehicle, will be born in their country. Generosity is the pure land of a bodhisattva. 
When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings who are capable of casting away everything will be born in their country. Keeping the precepts is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings who fulfill their vows to carry out the ten virtuous ways will be born in their country. Patience is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings who are adorned with the 32 characteristics will be born in their country. Determination is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings who strive diligently to acquire all manner of blessings will be born in their country. Meditation is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings who can harmonize their minds and keep them from disorder will be born in their country. Wisdom is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings who are correct and certain in understanding will be born in their country. The four immeasurable states of mind are the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, Beings perfect in the exercise of kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity will be born in their country. The four means of unification are the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings who are unified by liberation will be born in their country. Skillful means is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, Beings who can employ all kinds of skillful means will be born in their country. The 37 aids to the way are the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings proficient in the four foundations of mindfulness, the four right efforts, the four bases of spiritual power, the five spiritual faculties, the five spiritual powers, the seven factors of enlightenment, and the Eightfold Path will be born in their country. A transformative mind is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, they attain a country endowed with all perfect merit. Teaching others to avoid the eight difficulties is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, their country will be free of the three evils and the eight difficulties. Keeping the precepts for oneself, not taxing others with their shortcomings, is the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, no one in their country will be called a violator of the precepts. The ten virtuous acts are the pure land of a bodhisattva. When bodhisattvas attain Buddhahood, beings will be born in their country who suffer no untimely death, possess great wealth, are pure in action, sincere and truthful in their word, ever mild in their speech, never alienated from kin or associates, skillful in solving disputes, invariably speaking profitable words, never envious, never irate, and correct in their understanding. Like this Ratnakuta, bodhisattvas being in accord with an upright mind are capable of generating action. From this generation of action, they attain a profound mind. From this profound mind, they master cognition. From the mastery of cognition, they act as has been explained. 
from acting as has been explained, they are capable of transferring merit. From their transference of merit, they have skillful means. From their skillful means, they develop sentient beings. From their development of sentient beings, their Buddha land is pure. From the purity of their Buddha land, they are able to explain the Dharma clearly. From explaining the Dharma clearly, their wisdom is pure. From the purity of their wisdom, their mind is pure. From the purity of their mind, all merit is pure. Like this, Ratnakuta, if bodhisattvas wish to attain a pure land, they must purify their mind. If the mind is pure, then it is a pure Buddha land. At that time, Shariputra, moved by the Buddha's spiritual powers, thought to himself, If the bodhisattva's mind is pure, then their Buddha land will be pure. When our world-honored one first became a bodhisattva, surely the intention was pure. Why then is this Buddha land so filled with impurities? The Buddha, knowing his thoughts, replied to Shariputra, saying, What do you think? Are the sun and moon impure if a blind person does not see them? Shariputra replied, No, world-honored one. It is the fault of the blind person. The sun and the moon are not to blame. Shariputra, it is because of the failings of sentient beings that they do not see the purely adorned Buddha land of the thus-come-one. The thus-come-one is not to blame. Shariputra, I have purified this land, but you do not see it. Then the Brahma king, Kanch Tapnat, said to Shariputra, You must not have this thought that this Buddha land is impure. Why? I see the purity of Shakyamuni's Buddha land like a sovereign heavenly palace. Shariputra replied, When I look at this land, I see it full of knolls and hollows, thorny underbrush, sand and gravel, dirt, rocks, many mountains, filth and defilement. Brahma King Kanchtapnat said, The Venerable's mind has highs and lows, not resting on the wisdom of the Buddha. Therefore you see this land as impure. Shariputra, Bodhisattvas treat all things and all beings, each one of them, with perfect equality. Their profound mind is pure, resting on the wisdom of the Buddha. Thus they are able to see the purity of this Buddha land. The Buddha then unfolded his legs and pressed his big toe against the ground. And immediately the three thousand great thousand world system was adorned with hundreds of thousands of rare jewels until it resembled jeweled adornment Buddha's jeweled adornment Buddha land of immeasurable blessings. All the members of the great assembly sighed in wonder at what they had never seen before, and they all saw themselves seated on jeweled lotus flowers. The Buddha said to Shariputra, Now do you see the purely adorned Buddha land? Shariputra replied, 
Indeed I do, world-honored one, something I have never seen before and never heard of before. Now all the pure adornments of the Buddha land are visible before me. The Buddha said to Shariputra, My Buddha land has always been pure like this, but because I wish to rescue those who are lowly and inferior, it only appears to be an impure land full of defilement. That is all. It's like with heavenly beings. All of them take their food from the same precious vessel, but the food looks different for each one of them, depending upon the merits and virtues that each one possesses. It is the same in this case, Shariputra. If someone's mind is pure, then they will see this land's miraculous adornments of merit. When the Buddha revealed the marvelous purity of the land, the five hundred sons of elders who accompanied Ratnakuta all attained the patient tolerance for the birthlessness of all dharmas, and eighty-four thousand people generated Anuttara Samyak Sambodhicitta. The Buddha then released the supernatural power that he had exercised with his big toe, and the world returned to its former appearance. Thirty-two thousand heavenly and human beings who wish to pursue the path of Shravakas, understanding that all things are impermanent in nature, cast off the dust from their eyes, removing themselves from defilement, and attained the pure Dharma eye. And eight thousand monks, ceasing to accept the phenomenal world, put an end to all their outflows and gained liberation of mind. <laughs>